News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT, the Pete Callender Show. I'm Pete, and uh, the numbers are 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. You can also email Pete at thepetecallendershow.com, and I'm on Twitter, I'm on Getter, Facebook, but I don't really spend a lot of time there anymore. Um, I mean, I'm here. If you, I'm, if you want to know how to get a hold of me, there are plenty of opportunities to do it, but I basically spend most of my time trolling people and uh having fun on twitter look i'm self-aware all right 704-570-1110 and uh 1-800-WBT-1110 so let's get to the highlights of the mecklenburg board of county commissioners meeting last night there really was only uh one thing of note which was the uh uh the COVID update where the director of public health Dr. Raynard Washington uh, uh, gave this presentation, and uh, this was the, um, the the most anticipated portion of his report was the the mask mandate comparison. All right, this was I heard him reference this a couple weeks back, and uh, or maybe it was Gibby Harris. Uh, somebody mentioned that they were looking at this, they were compiling this report, and. This was going to sort of uh, uh, show everybody how the mask mandate is working. Okay, that was the that, that was the purpose. That uh, there has been com- there are complaints about the mandate in Mecklenburg County, and nobody else around us has this mandate. And so, what the health department was going to do is put together this uh, this comparison between Mecklenburg and the surrounding counties in order to prove to everybody that the mask mandate has been working, and uh, you basically need to just shut up and comply. Okay? Um, Okay, all right, I threw that last part in. But it is basically what they're saying. So uh, let me just hit the high points here before we get to the mask mandate portion. So he says, uh, Dr. Washington says that uh, he is confident that we have peaked with the Omicron surge in Mecklenburg County. He believes that that occurred sometime uh, about two or three weeks ago, around January 15th. And he says that this is basically the same pattern uh, that they have witnessed in other jurisdictions, other uh, states, other countries, uh, all around the world when dealing with the Omicron variant. Our percent positivity has finally reached below the 30% mark in Mecklenburg County. Uh, I expect that this will continue to decline uh, and very likely start to accelerate downward in the next several weeks. Okay. Um, I recognize fully that percent positivity continues to be a point of contention for some people in our community. Uh, Let me first uh, recognize and acknowledge that, simply put, that no data point is perfect. Uh, Anyone that's worked with data or spent some time dealing with it recognize that every data point has some set of limitations, uh, and that's no different than any data point that we have for COVID. Our case counts are limited or have limitations. Uh, We know for a fact we don't count every case of COVID in Mecklenburg County. In fact, we don't count every case of most things, uh, except injuries and potentially things that require acute hospitalizations and and violent crimes, for example. Whoa, 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 whoa. So you don't count everything, which I understand and agree with that, and and I'm not advocating that we do, but did you catch the part where he lists the kinds of things like acute hospitalizations? So there's this conflation. This is the thing, like, I understand there at some level here there is a PR component to what public health officials have to do here. 
I get that. I do. I understand that. And I also understand that some people are not very good at it. A lot of people, actually, are not very good at it. I'm not very good at the PR stuff. I'm not. Um, and so and I, so I try not to be, right? It, just because, I and mean, sometimes you end up doing it because, you know, you're, you believe in something or whatever. But for the most part, I try not to, to act as like PR or uh, sort of like a, a, a promotions department kind of thing. It's one of the things I've been like in radio now for, you know, more than two decades. And it's one of the things I've never been very good at in radio. And I recognize it about myself is that like the self-promotion aspect of it, I'm terrible at. I, I just, I, I'm not good at it. I I don't know if it's my Catholic upbringing or what. I just, I, I don't, I don't want to self-promote like that. So anyway, I, I get that there is an element, though, required for his gig, for all of these public health people. They have to be in sort of this uh, this PR role to try to make their case. So I'm just going to offer this up as some advice. You do not persuade me, and I may be a minority on this, I may be a majority, I don't know, I, I don't know if anybody else feels this way, but you do not persuade me when you minimize the concerns about the reliance on a single metric or the reliance on two metrics in order to make a case, right, uh, that's not persuasive. And then you turn around and say, well, you know, all these data points have their limitations. Like, I agree. That's my argument, actually. Don't take my argument against your reliance on a single or two data points don't take my argument, use it as your argument, and then act as if I'm demanding some impossible standard from you. Yes, no data point is perfect. No data point or all data points have limitations. I agree. That's what I'm saying when I say relying on the percent positive for the mask mandate is not appropriate because it's a single metric it's a single data point you're saying we oh we're down below 30 percent as was anticipated this is not new the percent positive uh goes up and comes down it went up very quickly as we saw all over the planet with omicron and now it's dropping very quickly as we've seen all over the planet with omicron so you're not telling me anything i don't know about that simply restating it to me and then saying well you know all these things have their limitations but we're still going to rely on this one data point that does not persuade me it does not build credibility it does not build trust again i understand that there's some amount of salesmanship here and you're trying to you know well not i shouldn't say this because i don't know what the motivation here is um but i recognize there are pressures it's a political post in this day and age, this is a political post. There's a lot of uh, eyeballs on uh, Dr. Washington. I don't envy him, by the way. And I and I, I wish him the best. I don't mean anything bad, but, like, I really do. He's, he's very qualified for the gig. I'm hopeful that, like, he can be guided by the, uh, guided by the numbers, right? Because he talked about how he's all into the numbers and stuff and the metrics, which is why I'm kind of surprised that he cites just the, the percent positive, for the mask mandate, but then at the on the uh, on the other hand, turns around and says, you know, no da- data point is perfect. No single data point is perfect, and data points have limitations. And I agree with that. But he's still relying on that. Now, here's the reason why. Obviously, is that he's got a board of directors in front of him 
that has made the decision to put the mask mandate in place based on recommendations that came out of that health department. This is the inertia that is built around a public policy. These people that are on that board of directors and the board of health, the county commissioners, and none of them have any experience or expertise in this area. They've made a decision on the mask mandate that they cannot walk back from now. They've got a base that's wedded to the idea of the masks if they are not themselves. So, yeah, there are a lot of pressures coming at Dr. Washington. But anyway, we're going to go further into his report here. First, let's get a report on traffic from Boomer Von Cannon. Am I right or am I right or am I right? Ned, I would love to stand here and talk with you, but I'm not going to. (laughs) Hey, that's all right. I'll walk with you. News Talk 1110-993 WBT. Happy Groundhog Day. Um, The county commission... Last night, got a uh, COVID update from the public health director, Dr. Reynard Washington, and uh, he talked about how the Omicron surge is apparently behind us. It's now coming down as uh, uh, based on the metrics of case counts and percent positive, which is percent positive is just, you know, you take the universe of case counts and or uh, tests rather and how many of them are positive. Okay, and that's and so right now we're uh, we just dipped under 30 percent in Mecklenburg County. We were over 30 percent. And he says it's you know, it's declining and uh, and and it's declining with an increasing speed. So it's, you know, cratering. Okay, he then goes on to say in this uh, uh, address that no data point is perfect, that every data point has some limitations. But then he uses that data point of the percent positive to support the continuation of the mask mandate that that's one set that's it now there are case count totals as well but they ignore some of the other i would submit more important more relevant more instructive data sets data points hospitalization icus icu beds with people with covid right if you've got covid you've got it, and that's the reason you're in the ICU, then that's an important data point. To me, that's an important data point. Um, Hospitalization numbers, it's an important data point. But I also need to know the context based on the total number of beds, which is something that media does not seem interested in including in any of their stories. We got another example of it in the Charlotte Observer, the story, uh, let's see here, it's in the stack of stuff. Yeah. In the story about Atrium Pineville bringing in federal help as the hospital struggles with uh, COVID surge. They got, according to this piece by Hannah Smoot at the Charlotte Observer, uh, they got like 300 plus people, uh, 307 beds in Pineville, I should say, 307 beds in the Pineville Atrium Hospital. Uh, I don't know how many people are in those beds. They they don't say. They just say that they're being uh, they're being strained. But we don't know what that means. There isn't any kind of, uh, in the story, I didn't see any kind of reporting on, uh, on, on uh, like, a proportionate usage rate. Is it 85%? Is it 90%? Is it 98%? Is it 110%? What, what is it? What's the usage? The federal government, though, is sending a team of medical providers and support staff to Atrium Pineville uh, this week, as the hospital struggles with the Charlotte region's surge in COVID-19 hospitalizations, 
the Department of Health and Human Services is sending the team of 16 people from the National Disaster Medical System to the hospital for up to 14 days. The team will have 12 clinicians, including physicians, advanced practice providers, registered nurses, and paramedics, as well as four support personnel. And the team will begin covering shifts in the emergency department at the Pineville Hospital starting uh, tomorrow. In the latest surge of COVID-19 cases, the Pineville Hospital has seen its highest census of patients, that's basically a a head count, right, of the patients during the coronavirus pandemic due to the highly contagious, uh, contagious Omicron variant. Actually, is this the Omicron variant now or are we into the, is this the stealth Omicron variant? Because you can never tell with the stealth Omicron variant. It's sneaky. Maybe that's what happened. It caught up. It snuck up on the Atrium Pineville facility. Hospitalizations have surged in the state over the past month, hitting new record highs for statewide hospitalizations multiple times. On January 26th, January 26th, so like over a week ago, the state hit a new high with 5,201 people hospitalized. Now, I actually mentioned this stat last week when we hit that number. Because what what is an important piece of information when you hear that we hit a record number of hospitalizations? 5,201 people hospitalized. And I'm not minimizing that, by the way. I don't ever want anybody to think that my... Uh, my examination of the metrics and the and the data points that are being given to me, this does not mean that I am trying to minimize pain, suffering. It's not, I'm not trying to kill people. I'm trying to get context. I want to understand. I want to understand. And maybe it's just my predisposition, the way my brain works. I don't know. But no, I don't just accept what you feed me. I'm not just going to take it. I'm not just going to let you give me a stat Give me one data point and say, oh, well, then let me just, you know, spin out all of these types of policies that are based off of that one data set or data point. I'm not going to do that. Maybe other people will and you can continue to use them to be your regurgitator, but I'm not going to do that. So I'm going to ask for context and the context question of 5,200 hospitalizations across the state is, well, there are several actually I can think of immediately, but the first one is How many beds do we have? Is 5,200 people a lot for the number of beds that we have? Because if we have a million beds, 5,200 people is not a lot. Does that make sense to you? Doesn't that seem pretty obvious as far as questions go, as far as a follow-up question goes? How many beds are there statewide? Does 5,200 represent a large number of those beds? Or a small number of those beds? Well, as it turns out, there are about, at the last count I saw, it was about 23,000 beds. So we're talking 20 to 25% of the beds hospitalized with COVID. So there's the other thing, too. Hospitalized with COVID. Does that mean that these people are dying from COVID? No, it doesn't. It means they could have been in there for something else. But then they got diagnosed when they were there as having COVID. That's one of the things that they've got. And so then they have to add additional protocols. And that requires resources to be devoted to them. I totally understand that. Totally understand that. But it's not part of the risk assessment for people when trying to determine 
is this a threat to my personal health? Don't mess with me, workshop. <sighs> what day is this? It's February 2nd. Groundhog Day. I still use that that term sometimes. Pork chop. <laughs> News Talk 11, 10 and 99.3 WBT. Happy Groundhog Day. And uh, you should try to watch the movie today. It'd be, uh, it's a good tradition, you know, to watch the movie. It's a, And look for the deeper meaning in it all. So the uh, federal government sending some uh, uh, medical providers and support staff to Atrium Health Pineville this week because they are struggling. The hospital is struggling with uh, a lot of patients. Hospitalizations have surged. And uh, and I I don't minimize this or or deny it's happening. I have, uh, you know, people that I know. I have relatives that work in the medical field, and I understand that it is. Um, there's a lot of uh, pressure on uh, nurses and doctors. Absolutely, I'm trying to get an accurate understanding of what's going on because I don't work in those facilities, and I'm not allowed in them. Not even if I've got a loved one dying alone from COVID, I'm not allowed in them, right? So, well, I guess maybe, have they changed that yet? So I I understand that it is serious. I'm not a COVID denier, right? I am vaccinated. I just got COVID, so I've recovered. So, like, I understand it is real. It is killing people. I'm not a denier on this stuff. But I also demand clarity and context especially if you are going to present to me data points in service to a larger policy agenda, okay? And when that policy agenda starts infringing on various liberties, now you really have to persuade me because my default position is towards no government, less government, and towards liberty, okay? That's my default. I can be persuaded, but you're going to have to make the effort. You don't just get to call me names and expect me to go along. That's not how that works. That's not persuasion. So when you tell me that, oh, my gosh, North Carolina had the highest number of hospitalizations during the pandemic with 5,200. First off, I remember, I'm old enough to remember, when they canceled all of the uh, the non-emergency surgeries, they called them elective surgeries, but that's a terrible name for it, like non-emergency uh, procedures. Remember, they canceled all of those at the beginning of the pandemic. So you're not exactly comparing apples to apples when you say that now we have the highest number, because had we not canceled the non-elective procedures, we probably would have had higher numbers at the very beginning of the pandemic. Don't you think that's a logical conclusion to draw? I do. But what did we do? We canceled them so as to free up the bed space. So have we canceled non emergency procedures at all of the hospitals has that happened it has not it has not there may be some isolated incidents where some procedures are getting dialed back or postponed i have heard uh, uh accounts of that occurring but there has not been a widespread shutdown of all the non uh emergency procedures like we saw at the beginning of the pandemic first of all second of all when they say how many hospital beds are being used right now that's fine to know. It's a it's a uh, it's a perfectly good metric, but I'd like to know how many total beds there are in comparison, and whether or not that's actually going to cause a problem. Do we run out of beds? Because that's the key. That's what we were told at the beginning. You were going to overwhelm the system. That's why we had to lock everything down. So this fifty two hundred hospitalized number just 
detached and floating around out there with nothing to contextualize it with, that is not instructive for me. Um, all right, back to Dr. Reynard Washington, the public health director. Last night he appeared before the county commissioners, uh, as he is wont to do, and uh, he gave them an update on the COVID stuff. And he talked about how the percent positive number, this one data point that they've been using, they've been relying on for the mask mandate. That's what they tied it to. Look, I didn't do that, okay? I'm not the one who tied the mask mandate to the percent positive metric. So me criticizing that reliance on that metric, that's not on me, guys. That's on you who chose that metric. You did that, okay? So... He says that number has been now cratering. He thinks we're past the Omicron surge. He says that this metric is probably going to lose value. Listen to this. We're continuing to monitor this number, uh, this metric, uh, and I imagine that its utility will evolve over time, just like we have evolved pretty much everything this entire pandemic. Um, we have not had all the answers and certainly have not always gotten it right. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait, whoa, whoa. You have not always had all the answers and you've not always gotten it right? Maybe somebody on the Board of Health could have asked a follow-up. Simple follow-up. Very easy. It's a great follow-up question, by the way. Use it in your regular daily doings if you want. Here it is. You ready for it? Such as? That's it. That's the follow-up question. Such as? Also? How so? Same question, basically. But you can ask them back to back and try to flesh something out if somebody's not giving you a good answer. But such as. So when he says that, that we've not always made the right calls, okay, give me an example of that. This is one of the things, you know, I talked earlier about the forgiveness uh, price to be paid. Like, part of a true apology and building credibility and trust with another human being is... When you do make a mistake is to identify, look, I made this mistake. I'm sorry about that. Uh, I'm going to try to make it right. But also the acknowledgement of this specific thing. Like, if there's a reason why, like, for example, in, um, you know, the 12-step program, you go and apologize to people. You identify the thing that you did. So what is it that you did that was wrong? I'd like to know. What did the county public health department do? What did you get wrong? Do you think that might help build some credibility? Or do you, are you afraid that if you identify something that you did wrong, then you just open yourself up to attacks and it, you're going to lose trust? And this is why I started off by acknowledging that there is a very real component to the public health gig, which is PR. That's part of the deal. And uh, unfortunately, like this pandemic has really exposed a lot of people as not being good at that side of the equation, that part of the gig. And uh, that's unfortunate. It is. It's unfortunate because the job changed, right? The, the demands of the job changed virtually overnight, whereas before you could go and do a PowerPoint presentation and nobody really, eh, you know, oh, wow, look at that. We got... You know, talk, he's talking about drug overdoses or, you know, the measles, mumps, rubella uh, vaccination rates or whatever, you know, uh, HIV testing, like these sorts of things in the public health sphere. Th- these were the, uh, the the focal points. And then all of a sudden overnight, you got a raging pandemic. And now you're pressed into service 
doing some things that you might not have been trained for or feel comfortable doing, but it still is required. You got to you got to get good at this stuff. And part of the PR is recognizing when you say and I give him credit, by the way, I want to make sure I say this. I give him credit for acknowledging that they have not gotten it right on all fronts. Nobody could have. I'll give you a, a winter prediction. It's going to be cold. It's going to be gray. And it's going to last you for the rest of your life. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Pete Callender here. And uh, the phone number is 704-570-1110. 1-800-WBT-1110. Going over the county commission uh, update last night by the Mecklenburg County Health Director, or sorry, Director of Public Health, I believe is the official title. Uh, Dr. Raynard Washington uh, gave his second uh, report. And uh, let's see here. Clip number three says uh, that the hospitals uh, in Mecklenburg County uh, are experiencing significant strain. Significant strain. Uh, Yeah, I mean, sort of like how... You know, like the White House wants me to believe that they didn't get that cat in order to distract me from like all of the other terrible things that they've been doing. Right. That's like that kind of level of strain or no, I'm not sure. But because he didn't give us any metrics. Take a listen. Uh, Not just because of uh, patients that are inpatient with COVID, but also because of individuals who are uh, uh, requiring emergency department support and care. Uh, And so we do know that they're operating at very strained capacity and we continue to work very closely with them to provide supports and to keep a close watch on the situation. Uh, Today, right now, uh, there are more than 600 people in Mecklenburg County hospitals with COVID-19. And whether or not they're there to be treated for COVID or not, they require additional resources. They have to be isolated. They have to wear certain types of personal protective equipment. Uh, So regardless of whether or not the person is there for COVID or not, it does create strain for our healthcare system and those individuals who are working there who are tired (laughs) uh, and have been working throughout this entire pandemic. uh, It does require resources for them to be able to manage. Sure. He calls it strained capacity. He doesn't offer any context. Uh, context. Uh, he conflates the with COVID with the from COVID folks again, which, of course, increases the total count. Right. Obviously, if you're in the hospital, you go in for, you know, some non-elective procedure, whatever it might be. You go in for some sort of uh, uh, procedure and before they do the the procedure they run a test on you and oh my gosh you have covid look at that you're like well but i'm asymptomatic i don't feel sick doesn't matter you're now a covid stat you now count and i understand that that takes resources and all that and that adds strain i do get that but there's another side to this and this is what drives me nuts is that the numbers for example this metric of 600 plus people in the um 600 plus people in the hospitals that that number is used to make me worried that the risk is great and we're all going to catch it and die from it require hospitalization when that's not necessarily true it's it's not and and maybe it is but you haven't proven that you haven't given me the context in fact the way you present the data to me leads me to believe it's actually not. Because you conflate and weave around all of these different types of metrics and you put them in here and you pull them out there and you use them on this example, then you pull them away from that one. And it makes me wonder if I'm watching Three Card Monty. That's what it kind of sounds like. 
That's what it kind of looks like to me. Uh, all right, so I don't. This is weird. I don't know why this is the guest line, but sure. Nathan, welcome to the program. Hello, Nathan. Hey, I was just uh, you're right on asking all these questions, but the the reason the hospitals are overwhelmed is because they lost so many nurses due to the vaccination mandate. Another good question that could have been asked by yeah. our board of health last night. Absolutely. It, it, Exactly. They don't want you to know that. My wife's a nurse, and she is overwhelmed. But it's it's lack of staff. It's I mean, when you lose 20, 30 percent of your nurses, or they, they retire early because they didn't mm-hmm. want to do this silly mandate, uh, you know, that's that's half the battle right there. Sure. And so not only do you have people that they fired or forced out because of the mandate, uh, you also have people that because of Omicron, right, They and they're contracting COVID, I would probably guess your wife's probably already gotten it at least once, right? Uh, you know, she never has, but she's been oh. working with it from day one. And yeah. But my, I have and my kids got it. It very mild symptoms two Christmases ago and mm-hmm. Right. So, like, uh, you know, so you, it, I, I feel like she's probably built up an immunity. Well, she may have already had it and it was so, yeah, she may have already gotten it and didn't know it. I, I don't know. But you've got a situation where the protocols require uh, people to then go home, especially early on, right? People had to go home, they had yeah. to quarantine. And so you add in that layer of, um, of uh, to the shortage problem and so now you know it's not just about people who won't get the vaccine it's now people who get omicron they're asymptomatic or it's very mild but they still have to quarantine so now they're out of the equation you get people that like you said retire early they're fed up with it all they're they're, they're tired they're weary so they check out so yeah there are all these different elements to it so i have no doubt that there is strain not i, I completely believe uh, i completely believe that that is the case but when you try to attribute it as uh, dr washington is doing is only due to omicron now i start questioning all of this stuff because like you said there are people who quit because of the vaccine mandates how do i factor that and and you said 20 percent but i don't know how many i don't know how many there are yeah not just a few nurses lots and lots of nurses have quit uh, you know, we luckily my wife was able to do the religious exemption, and they, you know, they accepted it. Mm-hmm. You're right. So I would be curious um, to know like what those what those numbers are because, uh, and I appreciate the call, Nathan, I, but because I don't know, um, I don't know how many there are and what percentage that represents who's actually you know interfacing with the public who's in emergency departments and that sort of thing. Like I would like to see a breakdown. That would be a good context metric to include if you're going to say hospitals are being overwhelmed here's a chart here are the numbers this is what it looks like in other words i'd like for you to prove the case don't just say something to me at this you know briefing don't just throw some data out there and expect me to just go "Mm, thank you can i have another because i'm like there are other people that can do that for you i'm not one of them sorry not your huckleberry on that one All right, news is next. Stick around.